Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, we have um, a wonderful, lovely friend of mine. Um, she's a great bundle of joy. Um, just uh, celebrated her birthday at Landmark a couple weeks ago. It was a great time. That's where we talked about doing this episode. Um, but she is uh, she's a fat liberation activist. And uh, she's here to um, talk a little bit about her passion and why it means so much to her and uh, what we can all do to uh, you know, support um, said community. So, Jeremy Roan, thank you for being on the show. Um, yeah, uh, how are you today? Not too bad. Uh, just a little bit hungover. And that's at really Landmark good. again yeah. last night. Every huh? Tuesday night, friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or are they like, uh, do they run specials there? No, it's just in the night my coworker Ray works. and. That's when I get the hook up, and uh, he sure. usually like hook up my friends too. So oh, solid. Shout out Ray. Yes, Ray. Um, well, cool. Um, well, it's a good thing you have your water there. But yeah. we are gonna drink a little oh, more. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm one of those people that always has my water bottle literally everywhere. Yeah. So I will hide it in my bag and take it into bars and movie theaters. Nice. Wait, well, we all need to drink more water, you know, like throughout the day. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm really terrible about it. Yeah, but we're going to drink more. Right. Um, only really... I uh, mean, ham's basically water. It's... Land, <laughs> yes. I mean, shit. I all... It's... It's special to me. Um, I'm actually working towards the ham sponsorship uh, at go. some point. <laughs> yeah. Poster boy. I, I know. I mean, I just love ham so much. I mean, it's cheap. Oh, yeah. It is. It tastes good. So what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, uh, we talk about love and fear through the passionate and creative mind. Mm -hmm. So how, you know, basically what you find um, just a lot of uh, meaning in life and just like where it, how it, you know, affects you emotionally and how it affects you um, in inspiring you to you know do what you do and to you know um to fight for what you believe in mm -hmm. and um i so i've had like um a number of social justice <laughs> episodes at this point um but a lot of it has been um about social movements that you know are a lot more like universally recognized and whatnot um but i actually um and you know this because uh, when we first <laughs> talked about this, I was very um, ignorant to the um, to the fat liberation movement. Um, I didn't, I guess, really know much about it. I thought that it was just kind of an extension of like the body positivity movement, mm -hmm. um, which is I feel like a lot of people oh, seem yeah. to have that mm -hmm. sort of that um, conflation, um, which I think is just evident by like you know, how in body positivity movements, like it seems that a lot of, like it, it kind of like, um, it instantly gets sort of sexualized because it's like, yeah. when we talk about body positivity, a lot of the first things we think of are like, oh, models and like, mm -hmm. you know, um, people like having different body types or body shapes that um, are there for, you know, aesthetic value yeah. that is like looked at as beautiful or attractive mm -hmm. to people. But yeah. that's not what 
fat liberation is about, as yeah. you've explained, yeah. and um, I think that it's worthy to shed a light on this topic because it's clearly not talked about enough. Oh yeah, no, it's totally not. Because um, I mean, like, pretty much everyone I know who like has any concept of what fat liberation is started out with like body positivity stuff because it got really popular like five, six-ish years ago with like Ashley Graham and some of the like plus-size models. And I do air quotes because they're like a size 16, which is like, eh, where does sure. that really start and end? But that's a different conversation. Yeah. Um, and it was really like important for me to find that body positivity space because I don't think I would have been as invested in fat liberation had I not learned to love the fat body that I have. Mm -hmm. um, and body positivity kind of taught me that. But anymore, I mean, every company is like, we're size, not every company, but a lot of companies opt in and they're like, oh, we're size inclusive, and then literally only go up to a size uh, like 20, which is still on the smaller range. Like, there are people who wear 5X, 6X, they 38, 40, mm -hmm. you know, like, those people exist, and they're so often ignored when it comes to clothing. And how are you supposed to feel good about yourself if you're not confident in what you're wearing? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. It's difficult. It makes it a lot harder. I'm not saying it's sure. impossible, but it certainly is a barrier. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So, um, I guess, so, um, I guess, uh, if you don't mind, I guess, like, yeah. going into where the fat liberation movement began to mm -hmm. sort of, um, I guess, how it stemmed from, like, I guess, where it became an entity of its own. Yeah. So Fat Liberation actually was started in, most people say the early 70s, um, late 60s, there was actually an event in New York City Park called a Fat In, where it was like a sit-in, and it was fat people all went out to Central Park and they just sat around in, you know, revealing for the 1960s clothing, um, and ate food, and just enjoyed their fucking day and didn't let mm -hmm. anyone bother them. Um, and it was like kind of a joke hosted by like a radio host whose name I'm blanking on currently. Um, but Fat Liberation kind of got started after that um, with uh, especially like um, black women and lesbian like activists. Mm -hmm. They kind of were like the catalyst to start Fat Liberation because they were like, oh, okay, so there's all these other movements. It's, you know, the civil rights era and shit. And then they were like, hey, but like, what about our fat bodies? Like, what about how we're treated because of our bodies, not just because of our skin color or our gender mm -hmm. or our sexual identity. Right. <laughs> um, and so like in the early 70s, um, an organization was formed called uh, the National Association to Aid Fat People, um, NAFA. And it's not the greatest organization, but it exists and it's something, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason that it kind of became problematic was because it was a lot of men who were interested in fat women just going to meet fat women at these groups. So it was less about like activism and like getting people to like be less shitty to fat people and more about dudes the, getting to hook up with fat yeah, girls. Yeah. Um, so a lot of, not a lot, there was a couple women who were part of it. Um, Judy Free Spirit was one of them. And I'm again blanking on the other lady's name. Um, and they broke off from NAFA and started the Fat Underground, which was like a radical fat liberation um, organization in the 1973-ish range, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and they actually uh, came out with a Fat Liberation Manifesto and like all these really cool radical documents that like most people, if you say body positivity or fat liberation, they're like, oh, so like 10 years ago was maybe when it first started. No, this has been yeah. going on for decades. Right. And most people will think that body positivity came first. Um, and it kind of grew like in the late 90s, early 2000s is kind of when body positivity started to sure. come out of um, 
the fat liberation movement. But then company was like, hey, you know what? We can't sell diet products to these women because they don't hate themselves anymore. So let's sell them other things and tell them that in order to be a good fat person, you have to have, you know, nice plus size clothing and wear makeup all the time and mm -hmm. look ultra feminine. And so it just became like a capitalist product. Sure. Which, I mean, right. same thing with like pride, like being capitalized on by companies during the month of June. Where they you mean where like they put rainbows in every yeah. single logo? Yeah. I saw a really funny, uh, it was like a, like a Babylon Bee article, which is like sort of like the Onion. It's just like yeah. a parody news, but it like the headline was like, um, uh, like massive corporations like uh, show solidarity with very popular like. Um, universally accepted movements yeah. or something like that yeah. <laughs> but it was so funny because it's like you like literally like so many logos have the rainbow on and it's i mean it's like sure it's nice like it's uh, a nice gesture but it doesn't actually do anything right it's it's more of like you know it can easily be read as like well you know you're you're doing this because it looks good for your agenda yeah. and you hope to you hope for it to increase sales. Yeah. But it'd be nice to know if like those same corporations slash companies were like donating money to things like human rights campaign yeah. and like actually donating money to that cause. Yeah. And like um, going back to the body positivity versus fat liberation thing, um, and I think I mentioned this to you the night we first talked about it, but I was pretty drunk, so Okay. Um, <laughs> I, you, know, uh, you were feeling a type of way. It was your birthday, oh, yeah. right? Uh, well, anytime I'm drunk, I'm like, hey, <laughs> let me tell you about calibration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but an, an exercise that I always have people do when they don't understand what I'm trying to explain between body positivity and fat liberation is I always tell them to go to Instagram, go to the search bar, search for tags, and search body positivity. Look through the results, see what you like or seeing, and then type in fat liberation and see what you see after that. Yeah. Because I can guarantee, at all times, body positivity will be thin women, thin women, or very small fat women, bending in an unnatural pose in order to accentuate yeah. their roles. And fat liberation—it's literally just a fat woman standing there, being like, "Look, I can't, you know, pose my fat away. It's not an escapable thing right, for yeah. me. It's not dependent on how I look a certain day. It's mm -hmm. an everyday thing." Yeah. So I think that kind of really helps people to understand the major difference between the two because body positivity has kind of ignored the fact that you need to center the most oppressed in the marginalized group yeah. and that happens to be like super fat people and affinity fat people who are, you know, above a size 30 generally because they're the most oppressed, have the least access to clothing, are the yeah. more like most likely to be like discriminated against with employment and health insurance and all the other factors that play yeah. into it. So Sure. So um <coughs> So it's, and that's something that we were raised to sort of, um, it's just something we were subconsciously raised to accept that like, mm -hmm. you know, you have to like, it's kind of like, you know, with like the whole, um, just with how you're taught is like a good, the right and the wrong way to look. Mm -hmm. um, it's like you want to, you know, it's all about like the exercising healthy habits mm -hmm. in order to like look a certain way. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not about how you look, it's about how you feel. Mm -hmm. And like we, you know, if you're, you know, if you're bigger and like you feel great and you're a happy person mm -hmm. and like you shouldn't, you shouldn't change anything about yeah. yourself, you know? And like, but it's that constant pressure 
you know, that, you know, you, it's like, oh, you're not healthy or you're not, you, you must not be happy because yeah. you look a certain way. So like, I guess what's, what's your answer to like when people tell like people that are bigger, um, that they need to exercise healthier habits or stuff like that? Honestly, my response to it is not a popular opinion in any way. I think the idea of health is more or less entirely made up. A social construct. Yes, a social construct. Um, especially because that's where the intersection of fatness and disabled folks comes into play really heavily because there's a lot of fat disabled folks, you know, and they may never physically actually be able to be healthy. That's just not an attainable right, yeah, goal. Yeah. And that's why when people are like, oh, well, you're not healthy. I know that all it comes back to is they're worried about their insurance money, their taxes going to saving a fat person's life because of their obesity. And I'm like... And they may not think about that right away, no. but that is like... It's, it's money. That's all yeah. it ever comes back to because they're like, they just... Uh, a very common like um, argument that I see is like, oh, well, it's going to raise everyone's health care costs if people think it's okay to be fat. And I'm just like, not really. Yeah. Um, so go off, you mm. know, whatever. That's not true at all. Um, and it just gets really frustrating because a lot of people ignore that and like, especially the body positivity stuff, like there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm body positive, but you're unhealthy. And it's like, no, that's not what body positivity is supposed to be. Right, yeah. It should be, you deserve respect because you're a human being and your health status and how you look and your size has nothing to do with your literal right to human decency. Mm -hmm. And it's, that is so ironic because, um, I'm pretty sure health insurance slash um, healthcare, you know, covers things like Viagra for men. Mm -hmm. You know, it covers plenty of uh, you know sexual health related things for men. Yeah. Um, so we don't mind uh, our tax dollars going towards that. Yeah. So that being said, mm -hmm. do you feel like fat liberation, like, um, do you, do you feel like it's um. Like, uh, I mean, it obviously affects men and women and non-binary yeah. folk. Do you think it's, like, heavily, like, um, there's a heavy intertwining with feminism? Oh, definitely. Because it's 100% it's a, a gender thing. Because I know, and I've grown up around plenty of fat men who have never, ever been called fat their entire lives. Because if you're fat and you're a male or a masculine person and you're built a certain way like with the hard like beer belly and just broad shoulders and yeah. a little muscular you're read as more masculine right you're not read as fat you're read as a strong big guy mm -hmm. um whereas women literally i know women that are like 130 or 140 pounds and the minute they gain 10 pounds they're like oh my god i'm fat and i'm like what? Yeah, you didn't even change right. a size. Yeah, relax. Right. What the fuck? Yeah. It just like it blows my mind that people have that reaction to it. Yeah. Um, and it's just frustrating to like see that shit happen all the time. Right. And I think it's it gets very internalized. I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. Oh like, yeah. I mean, I haven't like <coughs> I haven't worked out in like what three months now, mm -hmm. and like, um, and you know, I've been like drinking a lot more soda at work because it's free pop, you know, it's, yeah, uh, you got it. It, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard <laughs> to stay away from, but, um, so like, I haven't been like, I feel like I haven't been exercising as much, um, and, uh, I feel like I've been getting a little bit more of a gut, mm -hmm. and I've been thinking a lot about what you said that night, mm -hmm. and I've been thinking a lot about, like, what, you know, just, um, 
the whole sort of the whole concept behind like the idea of fat liberation is to I'll look at that and I'll be like, oh man, like fuck, why like why am I not like I feel like I'm not taking care of myself mm-hmm. or I'm not doing enough for like my own like bodily health slash image. Mm-hmm. But but like but then like, you know, I sort of double take there and I think, well, I don't feel very different than I did when yeah. I wasn't, you know, even like like when I didn't feel like I was getting a gut, like yeah. I like I'm I didn't feel any different back then. You know, yeah. I still feel the same. It's just like it's and that's where the societal construct that like you, you know, gaining weight is somehow a bad thing. Yeah. Um and you know, honestly like I, I I'm really fucking happy right now. I'm pretty happy with the way things are going. So I mean, shit, I'll keep drinking that free soda at work. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, I see a lot of that in myself, where it's like I. It really does affect all of us because, like, you know, all we in like we just get really self-conscious. So like, you know, instinctively that if we're you know gaining weight here or here or wherever. Or if you can't seem to sh- lose weight by exercising or by dieting or whatever, like that you're failing at something. Mm-hmm. But like as you said, there's genetic components that go into it. There's yeah, s- yeah. Well, and just like dieting a- as an idea is so unsustainable. Like if you genuinely feel like you need to make a bodily change in your weight and how you look to be healthier. That's your business. If you talk to your doctor about it, I'm not gonna give you shit about it. Like, if you're gonna do diet pills and all that shit, it it has a 90 to 95% failure rate after three to five years. You're going to lose weight, well, you're not going to lose weight. It's not a guaranteed thing. A lot of people will lose weight from those fast acting type drugs, but you will gain all of the weight you lost back, plus more. I remember, I remember like, um, there was that commercial I don't know why I remember the specific one, but when I was growing up, there was that commercial for Nutrisystem Nourish, mm. um, and it like had all like the before and after pics of like you know the way people looked after they did this <laughs> this program. But like, I remember I remember talking to my mom when I was like eight, mm-hmm. nine. I was like, Mom, um, what's what about that? Like, what like Nutrisystem Nourish? Like, wouldn't that be good to like? you know, try, and and she said that exact thing. She's like, most of the people that do, though, that they just, they gain all of that right back anyway. So it has merely commercial value. Yeah. And, like, honestly, a lot of it, too, is, like, people think, you know, it's the 21st century. Our bodies aren't as, you know, um, primitive as they used to be. We don't run on survival instinct, but we do, 100%, especially our appetites. We go into starvation mode if you're not feeding yourself, um, you will go into starvation mode and you won't actually lose fat. You might lose weight, but it's Mm -hmm. not going to be sustainable weight loss. And then binging is a natural reaction to starving yourself. Your body's like, I need to build up this storage because this might happen again. Mm -hmm. And I have so many people, especially in the fat community that have been diagnosed with binge eating disorder, just as a sole thing on its own. And I am very much of the belief that binging does not exist in a vacuum. It's not a thing that just naturally occurs. Um, it's something that's always a response to starving yourself, which in fat people is very prevalent. You've been taught your entire life that you need to eat less, you need to diet, you need to do yeah. all these things to try to lose weight, and then you just fucking snap and you eat everything in sight. And it sucks, it makes you feel like crap. Yeah. But it's your body literally forcing you to do it because your body thinks you're gonna starve and yeah, die. Right. Um, and I think people forget about that. Mm-hmm. And it's you gotta think about those kinds of things. You can't just think that 
the way, like our eating habits, that they're just naturally occurring. I, I have a hard time believing that, you know, millions of years ago we were eating three meals a day. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, right. That's a construct too. Yeah. I mean, shit. Like, yeah, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, I eat when I'm hungry. That's really the thing. Yeah, and that's that's actually pretty much a concept called intuitive eating, which is what I practice, um, where I don't put any restrictions. If I'm hungry, I'm, I eat. If I want food, but I'm not really hungry, but I see something and I want it, I eat it. Yeah. Because my body's telling me I want it, so I'm going to do it. And if I'm not hungry, I don't eat. So my friends would be super concerned. and be like, oh, you only ate once today. And I was like, I swear to God, this is not disordered eating. I'm literally just not that hungry today. Mm -hmm. Maybe I ate a bunch yesterday and my body's just okay with that right now. Yeah. But just listening to your body and trusting it can go such a long way for fixing a relationship with food. Yeah. Such a long way because that's how I fixed my fucked up relationship with food. Because mm -hmm. I dieted for years. Yeah. I was on Weight Watchers when I was 11. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Thanks, my mom. Sure. Um, yeah, so I guess like uh, what are some weights? So like obviously like this movement is like still heavily stigmatized you know obviously people i mean myself included didn't know about it yeah. much until you know i have a conversation with someone such as yourself mm -hmm. so i guess like what are some ways like even like i guess like uh, you can call them microaggressions mm -hmm. what are some like little things that like everyday people do they can be your friends oh, they can gosh. be your family <laughs> that that you take as like a as a way that, you know, um, enforces that narrative yeah. that like, you know, you can't look that way. Um, one that I see all the time is like, my mom knows that talking to me about my weight is off limits. It's not a thing we do anymore, but she'll see somebody that she hasn't seen in a while and they've lost weight and she still compliments them on that weight loss. And like, for some people that is a good thing to hear. You feel good about yourself because you lost weight, but it also, you don't know if that person has an eating disorder. You don't know if they're sick. You don't know yeah. why they lost that right. weight. So don't just automatically congratulate it. Um, another one that honestly doesn't really bother me that much because I fucking love sitting alone is nobody ever sits next to me on a bus. Mm -hmm. Ever. It just does not happen. Yeah. It's fucking fantastic. I'm like, please don't sit next to me. I wish people didn't sit next to me on the it, bus. It, it's, <laughs> it's honestly, but I know that it's because of my size because, you know, this much of my thigh might be touching the next seat and they're like, oh no, I might touch her and get infected with being fat. And I'm like, that, okay, yeah, go sure. off. Right. But it also, I mean, that's just an exaggeration. Most people do genuinely believe that fat people are like lazy and smelly and gross and just don't take care of themselves yeah. and all these like character defects. Um, that's not the case. No. Most fat people I know like shower way more than any thin person I've ever met. Yeah. Because we have to, you know? Right. Yeah. So I just think it's really funny that people do that kind of shit, but it doesn't bother me that one, that mm -hmm. specific instance. Um, what's another? Hmm. Oh, okay. So my thin friends really love to buy oversized clothing, like at thrift stores. Okay. And there's already such a limited supply of plus size clothing at thrift stores. And I'm just like, ah, I'm going to stream with you. Please don't Yeah, care. sure. Because uh, it's so hard to find like affordable plus size clothing already. Mm -hmm. So just like leave it for the people who actually fit those sizes. I get it. You want a cute oversized look, but maybe don't. Right. Not right, at thrift right. stores at least. Like, sure. I can't really stop you elsewhere. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, okay. Sure. And obviously, like, and, you know, the instant sexualization of it, obviously, is an issue as well. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the fetish, oh, fetish, yeah. fetishization. It's a hard word to say. Hard word to say. Yeah. <laughs> I tried um, typing it, and it's always like, you spelled that wrong. I'm like, no, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's like, be nice to me. Yeah. Um, so, um, and I imagine like, you know, you've experienced that as well. Oh, a ton, yeah. Um, so I post a lot about this kind of stuff on my Instagram, but you know, a couple years ago, my primary way of talking about it was by empowering myself through posting like half naked photos and stuff. And at the time it felt really good. I don't regret it in any way, but I would get so many random guys following me, messaging me, telling me how sexy my thighs are, how all these gross, terrible things that are directly related to my size and my size alone. Yeah. And I'm just like, let's not, please, right, for the yeah. love of God, I don't need this. Mm -hmm. I don't want this. I'm not interested in you, plus you're just an internet dude. Because that's just not the point. Yeah, anyway. it's not the point. Like, I put like a whole ass good message and you're just yeah. like, nice thighs, and I'm like, right, yeah. Thanks, I guess. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, and the thing is, like, you know, like, at the end of the day, like, it's, I feel like a, one, like, one of the problems is, like, and I say this as a dude because, yeah. like, I have, like, struggled with it, like, it's hard to separate <coughs> beauty from sexualization. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's like a psychological thing or, if, you know, I'm sure it's like heavily like, mm -hmm. it has to do with like toxic masculinity mm -hmm. and just the idea that like anything that's beautiful to us men, mm -hmm. we automatically get inclined to chase after. Um, <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's an admission, yeah. but like, it's, it's mm -hmm. true. I mean, like, you know, we, we, like, we have that sort of, um, that impulsion where it's like, oh, we see something that's beautiful or attractive, yeah. even if it's, whether it's edgy or not, mm -hmm. like in our eyes, like it, we can't, it's hard. Like, I don't know what it is about men that have, like, we have such a hard time, like just admiring something for the beauty and the message and the, the moral of yeah. it versus like, oh, I, I want to, I want to have sex with you now or something like, <laughs> like, I, I don't know what, it, I don't, like, it's, it's something that many, many men do. Oh, and I mean, I'm guilty of it. I've been guilty of it too. And it's something that, it's something that we have to be conscious of is oh. that just because a woman is, is, or a non-binary person mm -hmm. is is posting a picture, a revealing picture of them, yeah. whether it's for fat liberation mm -hmm. or body positivity, or they just feel like posting a yeah. fucking picture of themselves. Yeah. Like we think like they, you know, it, it's like a, it's like a, a, a mating call of yeah. sorts, but that's, but it, like, I, I can only, ima I mean, I'm obviously not a woman, but yeah. like, I can only imagine like, the, the standards that are imposed on you that, you know, make it that much more important for you yeah. to, like, really embrace your image and embrace, yeah. like, you know, the body that you have. Well, like, it makes dating really difficult. Like, not even just talking about the creepy men online. Like, dating in real life when I'm trying to, like, get to know someone, you would not believe the amount of men who are willing to fuck me but not willing to introduce me to their friends, not willing to take me out in public. They yeah. literally only view me as a sex object. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... That's not what I'm here for. Yeah. Uh, Seriously. So I'm gonna go. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, uh, what? No, don't do that kind of shit. And it just makes dating really tricky because I like meet someone and they seem really interested in me, but the minute they like compliment my body, I'm like, oh, are you fetishizing me? And they're like, no, I'm just genuinely being nice. And I'm like, I can't even fucking tell anymore mm -hmm. because I've dealt with so many men that have been fetishizing me that I have such a hard line about some of those things. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's. Very tiny. I, I just I don't date it. very much anymore. And yeah. 
I'm okay with it, but it's just irritating. I hear ya. I, I, and it's like, you know, we'll, we all have our things that, like, you know, we're sexually more attracted to or more into. Like, we all have, like, that's all personal to us. But what, what matters <laughs> is, like, are you are you like interested or exerting energy into this because you genuinely like like you know have a, a romantic or an otherwise like affectionate interest in this yeah. person where like you will you know take their emotions and their feelings into consideration doing so mm. they lose sight of the, you know their sexual energy and that's where the fetish fetishization <laughs> comes into play because they're so like they're so blinded by that there it's like yeah. you know this person has feelings yeah. and this person like you know you're not making them feel good yeah. just by valuing them only by how they look yeah I no say. i know i know where you're coming from and like an interesting thing that i've noticed um is especially on like dating apps i get a lot of random men mostly from foreign countries but also a handful from like the general vicinity uh well just like literally all yeah. over i'm not like being specific about it like a country sure sure but, sure like, all over i've yeah. gotten people from the uk i've gotten people from the middle east it, it's crazy um and they message me and they want me to like be their mommy or dom them and i'm like <laughs> what? what about me please what about me? i don't know if it's the piercings and yeah. i feel like a lot of it is honestly just my size because fat women are often read as masculine because were larger mm -hmm. and that reads male most of the time and so they like think I'm gonna have this like masculine energy where like I'll tell them what to do and I'm like hi I'm a pussy <laughs> nice to meet you <laughs> yeah. it's not gonna happen what yeah. the fuck do you want um so that's really creepy yeah in and of itself because I'm just like that's so presumptuous mm -hmm. yeah that is really goofy yeah. Jesus uh, um so I guess um uh so what are some core messages and just I guess <laughs> key, like values in the fat liberation movement that you know you need your friends to understand and that like you just want other fat people to understand mm -hmm. as well and just I guess what you want from the world mm -hmm. that this that you know fat liberation is specifically asking for okay. um so gosh i wish i had a copy of the fat liberation manifesto because i would 100 percent just read it um because it's perfect sure the best document ever nice. um but i would say definitely like people need to realize that people deserve respect no matter how they look what their ability status is who they are as a person i mean unless they're like a nazi then they don't deserve right respect. yeah but like <laughs> if they're just like a normal functioning human yeah. person they f probably just fucking deserve respect of course it's not that crazy no um, obviously weight is not indicative of health and health is not a moral obligation. Those things are both super fucking important. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, I mean, you can believe that like weight is an indicative of health, but if you think that, you know, there still are unhealthy people, then you're probably going to be a dick to those unhealthy people. Mm -hmm. Um, and also just like thin people stand the fuck up for your thin friends, like, or not your fat friends. Sure. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, it's so shitty when um i have friends and we like go out somewhere and the space is just not physically accessible to me um like chairs with arms on them 90 percent of the time i can't fit in those or if i do it's gonna leave bruises on my thighs which is fine i'm used to it but it's not sure. ideal yeah. so if you're with your fat friend ask them what their seating preference is say hey would you prefer this booth and if you're gonna get a booth see if it's like secured to the wall see mm -hmm. if it's movable do you feel like um, people are afraid to ask questions? Oh, 100%. Like yeah, it's, it's not 
fun because you're drawing attention to yourself. And I, I know, at least for myself, and probably for literally every other fat person, it's like you're invisible but also hyper visible at the same time so you don't really want to draw any more attention towards yourself because you know people already have like this bias against you as being like in their space mm -hmm. because you're just physically larger um, so just like making sure the environment is accessible um, bathrooms are a big thing let your friend have the big stall yeah. You know, there's so many times where I like go to the bathroom at a bar with my friend and it's like one like accessible stall and then one like really tiny like normal size stall. And they'll hop in the big one and I'm just like, well, I'm going to wait because I'm not squeezing my ass in there. It's sure. not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I guess. So um, do you like even, um, you know, with uh, this, you know, with your passion <laughs> and your um, um, how much you identify with this movement and everything? Um, do you still find yourself like dealing with like internalized fat phobia? Oh, a hundred percent. Especially towards fat men um, when it comes to dating, because most of the fat liberation like activists that I know are women or non-binary folks. Um, most fat men that I meet have never even considered it as a thing because they've been given the privilege of not ever being referred to as fat or yeah. considered fat. Um, and so I'll like meet these guys, and it's like cool, like fat people you know, dating fat people, that's chill because then people don't always get the kind of things that we have to deal with. But I like start dating a guy and he's like, oh, well, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out and I'm going to lose weight. And I'm like, that's great, but why, why lose weight? Why just say you want to like, uh, feel better when you move, yeah. walk around the yeah. world, you know, less winded or whatever it is that you want to work towards. You don't have to work towards weight loss. You can work towards, you know, physically improving. Maybe like if you have like a blood pressure issue. Yeah, work right. out to improve that, you mm -hmm. know, but it doesn't have to be about weight loss. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely something where I tend to avoid dating fat men because I never know if they're going to be the whole dieting type dude because so many of them are. Um, Honestly, I mean, it's just like you're not going to feel good about your body every day. You're going to wake up some days and be like, I am a fat fucking bitch and I do not like it. And you just kind of have to fucking power through it. Mm -hmm. um, people, especially my thin friends, always ask me, oh, how are you so confident? which is kind of a microaggression in and of its own, but I don't really care that right. much because I understand where they're coming from. Um, and I've started telling them, like, force yourself to look at yourself in the mirror for a long time. A long time. Yeah. Like, longer than you would ever consider. You'll find something wrong, like... When... You will, but eventually you'll get desensitized to yeah. those things because you're just like, it's my fucking body. What, like, what am I going to do about it right this second? Right. Yeah. That's serious. <coughs> um, yeah, um... I think that like what makes it tricky because it, and this is how deeply like societally um, ingrained it is like when we were like I was raised to you know that the idea that calling someone fat was insulting yeah. or that it was you know it was just rude never yeah. use that word to describe yeah. somebody you so in a way like it seems like you've you're, you've taken the word to like own it yeah um, and, and that's kind of reclaiming part of, it 100%. yeah reclaiming it that's the word yeah. and. I feel like I, cause like I still will never know, I guess, like, you know, who would maybe still take offense to that word and who wouldn't. Yeah. And that's, I guess, where it gets tricky. Cause it's like oh, yeah. in the same way, like, you know, people, <coughs> um, like there's different words that people, not even just like, you know, um, people that are fat, but also just like people that are involved in various other like movement. They don't yeah. want certain people saying certain words, yeah. but it's different for different people. Yeah. And that's, I guess, what makes it hard. Mm -hmm. um, 
for some people that like want to be an ally but don't necessarily know like yeah. is there a universal consensus on like what to call somebody or to yeah. how to do it? And unfortunately, there really isn't a universal consensus. I'm very much a person who's reclaimed the word fat, but. For a lot of people, especially like super fat and infinity fat people, that word has been used against them their entire lives in such derogatory, terrible, horrible yeah. ways that it's like a trigger essentially. Mm -hmm. um, I always say like, I feel like I get like a little bit of privilege because I'm a fat person. So to other fat people, if I say fat, they probably know I'm not being like a dick about it. Yeah. Um, but my thin friends that have asked me to like, well, how should I refer? Cause I don't want to be like, offensive and dance around it, but I also don't want to be offensive and use a word that's going to trigger someone or make somebody feel bad about themselves. You can always ask. Mm -hmm. Never be afraid to ask. It's like asking pronouns. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it, or like asking um, non-binary people if they're cool with being called like dude as a, like a general term or whatever. You know, it's just finding out what they're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, if you want to be like super PC, you can say people of size. It's, no. you know, it's yeah, not, sure. I, I'm not a huge fan of it, but at least then it's like the least derogatory way you could sure. possibly yeah. refer to fat people. Sure. Uh, there's nobody that's going to be offended by people of size. Yeah. Um, at least not that I'm aware of. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone. Um, but it is one of those things that unfortunately there isn't a one size fits all answer. I very much believe that we need to destigmatize the word fat because I get annoyed when people call me fat or fluffy or thick or plus sized or yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, just fucking say fat, man. I, it doesn't bother me. Please mm -hmm. just call me fat. Well, I call you a ray of sunshine because that's what you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> On some days. Yeah. I, so, uh, <coughs> so what does a victory look like in the fat lib liberation movement? Um, honestly, right now, I think we got to focus on the small victories because we're still a long way off from, you know, ending employment discrimination for fat people, getting like legal protection for yeah. size discrimination, because it's still something you can very much be fired for in most states. Um, and so I would say just like seeing clothing brands actually go up to like, at the very least, a 5X. At the very base minimum, mm -hmm. go higher, man. Or like, there's this brand Universal Standard, um, and they have I think up to 38 right now. But they have models in every single size, so you can see the the jeans or whatever you're sure. looking at in that size. And like, you might be built a little bit differently, but it's so nice because you never get to see the clothing on like very fat people. It's always like a size 16 yeah. for plus size clothing, and I'm like. The Ashley Graham. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I'm larger than that. I have a little bit more hips. I have a little bit more stomach. Like, it's not going to fit me the same way it fits that person. And I'd like to see how it fits because I have to online shop all the time because in-store doesn't ever carry my size. Damn, that's that's annoying. Yeah. That is really annoying. It is fucking irritating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so small victories. Uh, look out for your friends. Uh, talk to your employers about making things more accessible in stores. Um, you know, getting rid of chairs with arms on them. For the love of God, that would be an amazing goddamn victory. I would scream from a rooftop. I'm genuinely not even kidding. I would be so fucking stoked. Especially like UWM. Have you ever considered all of those tiny little desks that do this? Oh, yeah. And all of the I chairs in the so library? Much. Everyone does, but especially the fat people. Yeah. And I, I was constantly sitting in the back in like the accessible row where like the wheelchairs are supposed to go because I couldn't fit into those desks and actually put the desk down so I couldn't write anywhere. So I had to sit in the very back. And like, 
I don't have the greatest hearing. I have a hard time paying attention to things sometimes, so I need to be closer, but I physically couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially making academic spaces more accessible in high school and in college. Yeah. Well, okay. Hi, Journey. Um, <laughs> well, we had a great talk, learned some things. Um, thank you for, you know, um, thank you for asking me to, to be on the yeah. show because I feel like I learned a lot today. Um, what I'm here for. Good. Uh, so what keeps you up at night? Uh, mostly my anxiety. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a mood. Um, what puts you to sleep, though? Weed. Shout out weed. <laughs> shout out. Shout out herbal remedies everywhere. Thank you for being on the show. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, remember to stand up for your uh, fat friends um, and to also just be cognizant of uh, those that may, you know, be fat or just be look different than you. All right. Uh, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Mr. Nice Guy.